You're listening to the Private Citizen, a podcast for critical thinkers. This is episode 132 for Tuesday, the 15th of November, 2022. Twitter melts down. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab, coming to you from Düsseldorf in Germany. Um, but, you know, if you've been listening to this show before, you know that, obviously. Um, on a Tuesday today, uh, still on a quest to do two episodes a week. Haven't managed, haven't given up hope. We'll see. Uh, there's stuff coming up this week, which makes it unlikely, but I'm trying. But that's neither here nor there. Today, we're going to talk about Twitter again. I uh, recently did an episode on um, Elon and Twitter. And uh, a lot has happened since then, so we will do another one. Yeah, that's uh, that's our topic for today. I hope you're um, you're prepared for that. You know, get yourself some strong liquor. It's gonna be some rants involved, probably. Um, yeah, um, that's it. Oh, I got some other news. Um, I'm writing a daily newsletter again, so if you're interested in that, uh, there's a link in the show notes. Uh, privatecitizen.press um, there's a lot of stuff in the show notes um, I put a lot of stuff in there like background information um, I'm just gonna talk about um, you know some points of this I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm probably not gonna put everything I have in the show notes uh, into the show so this episode it's you know if you're interested in this and you want to read more um, you know, interested in this topic, it's probably um, a good idea. It's always a good idea to go to the show notes, to be honest. But, you know, um, today maybe more in on this episode, maybe even more than with other episodes. So if you want to do that, privatecitizen.press. Um, there's also at the beginning, of course, a link to my newsletter, uh, which is at Substack. It's uh, thesleepyfox.substack.com. I'm trying again to write a daily newsletter. Well, when I can. It's not going to be every day. Um, but I'm I'm trying, and um, yeah, maybe you'll you'll like that. Have a read. Uh, you can read without subscribing, of course. Um, I'll archive these at some point on my website as well. But um, that's fab.industries. That's my personal website. But you know, um, that's yeah, it's neither here nor there. Let's get into the topic. Let's talk about uh, Elon Musk and Twitter yet again. <laughs> So um, I had talked about this topic uh, in episode 129, so it's probably worth that was. Um, so when I did that episode uh, that night, uh, I think I was still recording it uh, when you know Elon uh, entered Twitter HQ with the sink in his hand uh, because of the memes, uh, and and that's when the deal was finalized, which wasn't a surprise. But um, yeah, so so a lot of stuff has happened since then um you know i i didn't i didn't foresee any of this really um i was i was looking more big picture uh, but i think it's still worth talking about um what has actually happened and um yeah i'm not gonna just just a very just very quickly if this is the first episode you're listening to um i'm not gonna reiterate uh well, I'm going to do that now, but, you know, I'm not going to go into a lot of the points I made in that episode, in this episode, but it's worth noting that I've I've never been a friend of Elon Musk. I've, uh, I've, I've thought he was a, a, a scrupulous individual and, and far from a genius for many, many, many years, and I've never understood how 
the you know the Silicon Valley people, uh, you know the the people who have clout in Silicon Valley, um, and and pretty much all the Silicon Valley journalists, some notable exceptions. John C. Dvorak is one, um, although he is not really a Silicon Valley journalist anymore. They've pretty much cancelled him these days. Um, yeah, how these um, people have um, kind of um, they've they've always idolized him, and um, I've never understood why really. Um, and a lot of the disconnect that I will be talking about today, because I'm, I'll be reading a lot here from a Substack publication called Platformer, which is by Casey Newton, which is very well written, has lots of inside information, this whole thing, but it is marred by this kind of weird outrage about this whole thing that I don't really understand. Um, and you have to understand I'm in Germany, um, so I'm going to go into some stuff in this episode um, that specifically pertains to employment laws, which are very different in Germany, which is why I don't understand a lot of the outrage in the US. And also I don't understand, like, just, just I'm going to say this in the beginning, I'm going to probably rant about this the whole episode, but what we're seeing here is a, um, a group of people that um, has a, um, traditionally it's always liked, um, you know, self-made millionaires, um, you know, entrepreneurs, um, which they generally see as inventors that innovate uh, things. But I I never did. Um, I've always kind of recognized that the people working for these people, the engineers and the product designers, and th those are the people who actually innovate. But, you know, it's the Bill Gates, the Steve Barmers, the, the Steve Jobs, um, uh, you know, of this world, the Elon Musks that um, get idolized by Silicon Valley as kind of like the geniuses and, and the innovators, which they really aren't. Um, there are successful there are successful business people, but kind of in the way that bankers are or anybody who runs a large company, these people are, you know, they get into a um, position of power, often through privilege, which is the case with Elon Musk as well. Um, you know, some of those don't, you know, for example, Bill Gates is, 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 doesn't belong to that at all, but, you know, it's college dropout and whatever. But, like, um, the, 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 the Silicon Valley tech press likes this underdog story, even though they're often aren't underdogs. But anyway, they get, you know, they get into a position of power and uh, then they are successful at, you know, navigating that, uh, being ruthless, uh, laying people off, um, stealing ideas from other people, uh, making ruthless business deals, you know, like Bill Gates, uh, who uh, famously <laughs> needed an operating system and uh, bought this operating system for for basically, uh, you know, an, uh, uh, a very small sum of money uh, from from somebody, uh, and and then turned around and and made the fortune selling it uh, to IBM, basically, uh, and, and founding his company. And as as people do things like that, you know. Um, and I never saw them as geniuses. You know, in the Apple case, you can st see Steve Wozniak as an inventor. And then I wouldn't even say he's a genius, but, you know, he's an innovator. It's certainly not Steve Jobs. But Steve Jobs is the guy who gets idolized by, by the, or got idolized by the um, Silicon Valley tech press. Even at a point where, you know, I don't want to really... Um, kick somebody when they're down or dead in this case but you know he he, he doesn't care he's dead um, a guy who did made 
really weird decisions, including, you know, his his illness and and not treating that and being very unscientific about the whole thing, uh, and um, you know that probably also being a factor. I don't know if he survived had he like treated this his illness properly, but like, you know, that's something that that I would that I don't find. Uh, that these are not people that I aspire to, right? But like Silicon Valley and the tech press kind of does, even though they're often profess they're very science friendly and stuff like that. I don't. They're also they're also very always very going on about like how capitalism is bad, right? They will um they will sometimes in the same articles where they praise um, people like Elon Musk go on about how capitalism is bad, whereas Elon Musk is like the 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 pri- is one of the prime examples of like the things that are bad about capitalism right those are the people that the socialists uh, would have put against the wall first um uh and we have uh, mode 7 uh, in twitch chat by the way i'm streaming this live on twitch as usual uh, you can you can watch this when you catch me in my unpredictable schedule mode 7 also actually uh, subscribed earlier um and um yeah, and then you can catch me, and uh, uh, you can also watch this on on YouTube, like the recording of this whole thing. Uh, all the details in the show notes, private citizen or press. Anyway, Mod Seven is saying uh, Wozniak was the man. Yeah, he was. Um, he was a, a smart dude, right, and a cool dude, and an actual geek, which is why he didn't end up being the one running the company. These people run companies into the ground. They're geeks, um, but I kind of associate with those people because i'm like that as well like I, you can't, can't be trusted with money right i um i don't know how many people i mean i've, I've talked about this on the show before i'm famously uh, would have been a bitcoin billionaire if i millionaire not billionaire millionaire if i hadn't been an idiot um but i'm an idiot <laughs> you know i'm a geek i don't you know i don't i can't deal with money i like um i like um having you know doing doing stuff having fun i don't like being ruthless with people i don't i don't like massaging numbers i don't think about these things um and, and steve was something like this whereas uh steve jobs is very different and in elon musk uh, obviously throughout his ventures starting with paypal um with spacex with tesla has a history of um abusing his employees of just being machiavellistic about pretty much anything and so the whole situation that i'm going to talk about today that that happened at twitter is like i mean I didn't see it coming. Like this is like in two weeks now. This whole thing unfolded. Everything we're gonna talk about happened in the last two weeks, right? So um, I I didn't see it coming this fast. And I but I, I you know I mean I talked about last time how I think uh, Elon Musk had some good ideas, which I still think. But like um, his implementation is shit, right? Which is not surprising because he's not very smart. I think. Um, and people have continued to think he's smart until like I don't know. A few months ago, right? I would, I would get. Um, uh, I, I remember, uh, I you know sometimes listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, and I think I mentioned this, um, and I think I mentioned this on this show, and I had listeners um, telling me, hey, you need to watch this, this, you need to listen to this video, uh, this this interview uh, Rogan did with Elon Musk, and um, this was the second interview he did, um, and he's so he's such a genius, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm reading this, and he's like feedback and i'm thinking yeah maybe i should and i'm like but i I was skeptical because like i watched the first interview when we was famously like you know smoking weed and i was like this completely discombobulated this guy's not smart and the second interview was the same thing like he says things that are just like weird as bullshit and people don't understand it and they assume that he's smart because he just throws out 
you know, um, I mean, if you just if you just watch it and you're like, oh, that sounds semi-smart and and I don't understand what he's saying, yeah, you could be under the impression that he's throwing out some like Stephen Hawking fucking bullshit. But if you actually stop and you know pause the video and like reverse and listen to what he says and then think about it you go like this doesn't make any sense and then you google the terms you don't understand and you're like this doesn't make any sense and you know as i said often on the show i understand if you know normal people in air quotes do that you just watch joe rogan you're like oh that dude's very smart that's okay but like so i'm not blaming any listeners that sent me this i don't want to blame anybody you know it's cool that people send me stuff i, I you know i need i need that to do the show um but like the journal there were obviously journalists who wrote about the podcast as well and they were they were like he's, he's so smart and they're like, you're a fucking journalist if he says something you can't just go oh that i don't understand that that sounds very smart you have to like research the shit and it, it's not like it's rocket science like it's the bullshit he says like falls apart the moment you just google what he fucking said you just Google a term and you're like, that's actually not what that means. What is he actually saying? And now he's doing the exact same thing at Twitter, right? He's just like fighting with Twitter engineers talking bullshit. And they're like, he did, said something about remote procedure calls or something. And the Twitter engineer is like, the app doesn't use any remote procedure calls. What the fuck? And he, obviously he fires the guy, which, you know, was not surprising. Anybody, I mean, the guy probably saw that coming. The guy probably didn't care. Um, you know, and I, I, I do, I do have respect for these people who are just like, I don't want to work for this guy, and they just quit. Um, I, I, I like, I, I think that's good. Uh, somebody who's, who's uh, on on his own volition quit a job. Um, yeah, I, I know that impetus, and it's it's a very good feeling actually. It's a scary, but it's also a, a very satisfying feeling. Um, but um, yeah, the guy's an idiot period the guy is not very smart and the, the problem is that that was obvious to me I mean, it's been obvious to me for like at least 10 years and i i couldn't I, I i read like stories on the verge and from from people like i don't know if it was katie newton but like from people like that who like for 10 years have been telling me how smart elon musk is right and the great stuff he's doing and then people, hey, you put stuff in space. And I'm like, why is not? Why is the U.S. government not doing that? Like, why? Why do we? And then, you know, the way he did things also with SpaceX was like bullshit. And I'm like, it's ob- like the the guy. It's obvious that he's he, he fucking treats his employees like shit. He he's not he's not very intelligent. He just has random ideas and then implements them. I mean, he's very. He's very agile. I'll give him that. He just has an idea in the morning and then he has enough money and enough cloud and enough power that he can just get people to do it. And he just founds a company, calls it boring company and then makes flamethrowers. I mean, that's a, that's a good joke. Um, but like, um, yeah. <laughs> Sam says he's not Tony Stark. Yeah, the thing with the Tony Stark thing, I mean, that's, um, people used to say that about Larry Ellison and stuff like that. Um, and Richard Branson and that's you know it's a movie that's a myth that's a comic that is like you know it's like Bruce Wayne um, people like that don't exist um, so I have I have I have believed for a long time I've believed something it probably came out of like me studying history or whatever and um, maybe politics but like I've believed that 
the real smart people, the real geniuses, believed this for a long time. Um, they're seldom rich and they don't run companies. They just don't end up in that position because I think that um, so so to me people are smart because of two reasons either they're like like I would call that like hard science smart like brainy smart um, or they're like emotionally smart and if they're emotionally smart they have empathy and they never end up in top positions because in top positions you have to do th shit like fire 2000 people right um, you know if you if, if it's justified at Twitter right now who cares but like people CEOs have to do that they have to fire people and they have to be very ruthless and basically what you're doing in business is you fucking over other people that is basically business and you can you can just sugarcoat it all you want but at the end of the day you know you're you're, you're bending people over a table and you're fucking them against their will that is basically what business is and anybody who has a lot of empathy um doesn't really like to do that and so they don't gravitate to these jobs and then there's people who are um you know and, and these people who are like i mean there's this study i don't know where it's at i don't know i don't even know how like how based in fact and science this is but like there, there are these studies about how many psychopaths uh, and and I think sociopaths, but I think specifically psychopaths, there are in the general population, and there, there's like a, uh, a general percentage, and then the percentage is like double or three times that in prisons and in boardrooms, right? Because a lot of these people are at least sociopaths. A lot of them are psychopaths. Um, they have no empathy, and that's why they are so good at what they do. And they're actually selected to be in this in these positions because of that because you want people who are like that you, you don't want a guy who needs to fuck other people over to have empathy so that's why they end up there and i think there's a there's a um what what people often and these journalists probably often don't realize maybe i think there's a crossover or a it looks like a crossover bet between really really smart people and these people because uh, some really smart people, especially like you know, um, in the natural sciences, tend to be like also like sociopaths, maybe a little bit, or like you know, I don't know if they, these days, you know, some of them would probably be classed as autistic and stuff like that. And and there is and because of that, they also end up to be as eccentric, you know, like famously Albert Einstein, um, you know, uh, Alan Turing had famously had lots of like people problems. Um, and these smart people also have that as well. But in my opinion, the real smart people never end up in these leadership positions and companies because even though they might lack the empathy, they're generally smart enough to see the impact um, such a behavior has uh, on society and they care. They're smart enough to care um, is what I think. I think a lot of these... CEOs, they don't even like they're um, basically they do horrible things on a maybe even a global or especially on a societal level to advance themselves and their company. And I think most of them manage to just lie to themselves in saying that what they're doing is right and they're innovating, whatever. And I think the really smart people, we're talking like the Stephen Hawking kind of smart people. Um, they're smart enough 
that they can't lie to themselves in such a degree. And they also often have other pursuits. And, you know, and the, the people I aspire to, to that I think are geniuses, they don't have to be like astrophysicists, right? They could also be just like writers. Um, I mean, you know, my favorite po poet is uh, Lord Alfred Tennyson. Um, I think that guy was a genius. Like, you know, if you look at somebody like that and their grasp on language, um, that's somebody I would call a genius. Right, somebody who goes, uh, oh, banks uh, take like three days uh, to transfer your money from a country to another, and that's the, that's like part of their business because they make, you know, they earn more money in that time with your money, and the internet is now at a point where we like need a payment system that works in minutes. I'm going to build that, or, or no, and not even I'm going to build that. I'm going to have some guy build that. That is not genius. I mean, you could maybe call it business genius. You could probably, like, if you if you aspire, if that's your goal in life, to be, like, the most successful businessman, then I guess you could call that being a genius. But to me, it just isn't, right? It's it's something that I could never do, Like right? Being that kind of businessman is as far from my own abilities as being an astrophysicist or being Lord Alfred Tennyson. Um, but I also don't aspire to it, which I don't you know um that's why i don't see that as a as a global goal and the problem is that silicon valley apparently does which is why they're now very surprised that that you know uh elon musk is an asshole and scrupulous and so it starts with you know the layoffs um there have been massive layoffs at twitter because M musk just axed people um, and so I'm going to read out um, a little bit from this, um, you know, from, from one of these articles uh, that um, Casey Newton wrote for Platformer um, talking about this. Uh, but before I'm going to do that, I'm just going to look. There's been some other feedback from Mode 7. Uh, but fab not to detract from your seriousness here, but I have an incredibly hard time separating fiction from reality, and I think he's Tony Stark. I think he may be an actual practitioner of the Force, too. Don't ruin this for us. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, I, are you smoking the same thing as Elon? Is that maybe the problem? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't... <sighs> I, I think it's there's nothing wrong with idolizing people, especially you know looking for role models. But I've never understood why people idolize people like that. Um, because I don't know, you just have to look at their actions and what they do. It's kind of like idolizing a guy like Lenin, like who went not John Lennon, Lenin, like the Russian. Uh, revolutionary um, because you're kind of I think then looking at the outcome and you're like this is like a really laudable goal but for me like you know the, the, the actual actions speak louder than any you know any goal any words because you know at the point where you literally like just having people shot to get to whatever your goal is that goal to me, can never be worth it. Um, so I, don't, I never understood this. Anyway, so the layoffs at Twitter. Um, 
So, uh, so this this uh, Casey Newton is is very well informed. Uh, is obviously inside people working uh, at Twitter. <laughs> Mode Seven was apparently just trolling me. Doesn't like Elon either. Um, yeah. So, so, um, so he um, Casey Newton writes here. Uh, Friday's layoffs have so this is like Friday last week, I think, or even the week before probably. Uh, Friday's layoffs have been brutal for all involved, including those involved in planning them, many of whom themselves lost their jobs. While the process varied by team, some managers were asked to submit to Musk's team who, two sentences about all of their direct reports, which by direct reports they mean people. I mean, there's already a way of writing this that I don't understand. One sentence explaining what the employee did and another sentence justifying their continued employment at Twitter. Managers agonized over the decisions and jockeyed with their peers in an effort to preserve employment for the most vulnerable among them. Pregnant women, employees who have cancer and workers on, visa, workers on visas among them. A former employee told me some teams were cut more than others, several were wiped out entirely. It turned out, though, the company went too far. As it was just the first report on Saturday, within hours of the layoff, some managers were already being told uh, to ask select layoff, laid off employees if they wanted their jobs back. Some employees are nervous that if Twitter can't get them to return voluntarily, the company will formally rescind the notice they received on Friday laying them off. Under the Workers' Adjustment and Retaining Notification WARN Act, businesses with more than 100 full-time employees are required to give 30 days notice if they lay off 33 percent or more of the staff at twitter that notice included a promise to pay people for the next 60 days and give them a month of severance now workers fear that if they refuse to return voluntarily twitter will fire them for abandoning their jobs depriving them of what otherwise would have been three months pay some workers have to begun to consult their lawyers others uh, over their opinion options in the event that they are recalled. Others are in open revolt tweeting public threads about various aspects of the organization uh, tweeting public threads about var various aspects of the organization that have been broken after the ready fire aim disaster of Musk's layoff process. Now whatever you want to say about these layoffs and you know I think they're bad. I'm, I'm a friend complete friend of employee rights and if you've been listening to this podcast i think you know that um i did an episode explaining where i came from um you know my life story so to speak and how i've been brought up in a household that was very social democrat here in germany and you know i've always been a, basically a friend of unions even though unions also have their problems um so i'm a i'm a i'm an ardent defender of employee rights right I, I don't like bosses i don't like managers and in a fight with an employee and a manager i'm always probably going to side with the employee um having said that even though my dad ran um organizations and companies he was the ceo for a time um in the past so i also understand that running a company is hard and that you have problems and that you have to lay off people um, you know, there's some people who just don't work or that, you know, that they, they just don't like you or whatever. Um, so you, you have to do that. But the problem they're describing here, I mean, I have a problem with these articles and they're all kind of like this. You can go to The Verge, you can go to Ask Technic, you can go to German mainstream sites that talk about this whole thing. And this is not a problem with Twitter or with Elon laying people off. What they're describing here is horrendous employee laws in the U.S. And they're everywhere. The only reason Musk can do that is because employee laws are shit. And 
if you don't want if you don't want this kind of hire and fire thing, then you have to fix your fucking employee laws, right? And I say that I've experienced German laws, which are on the other side of the gamut. And I've experienced, for example, I, I lived in the UK. I lived and worked in the UK. And the only reason I ever became a journalist was because I started my journalism career in the UK. And I worked for a very small company that, you know, size of a startup, basically, that gave a, a guy from Germany who's, you know, who's, whose primary language wasn't even English a chance to work as a tech journalist and write English news. And they only gave me that ch chance because, you know, UK, the UK hasn't as loose employee laws as the US, but like on the spectrum between Germany and the US, they are f way further towards the US, right? And they just gave me a chance to do this because because they could have fired me at any moment and there was like little risk involved. A German company would never have done anything like this. Um, I would never have gotten the chance, you know, as somebody who did who has no had no formal training, who didn't have any, uh, tr you know, uh, degree or anything in journalism. Um, the only reason I got my start in this job is because of these looser employee laws. So I understand that they're not only they don't only have downsides. They also have a lot of upsides, you know, because companies are a lot more flexible. They're they're a lot more willing to 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 take risks and to hire people on a whim. Um, and give people a chance and you know I was fired like this as well you know they, somebody came over said the company is going to be closed you get some severance pay for a few weeks and uh, you don't have to come to work uh, in two days and it's all it's all shut down and it's a horrible feeling I went home that night crying I, I went well that night uh, that day like that was like I don't know one in the afternoon um, I went home uh, and uh, I, I looked at my wife at, um, at that point, my girlfriend and uh, I, I, I cried. I broke down crying. <laughs> um, that was a horrible feeling. But you know, it's trade-offs. And I'm not necessarily saying the German system where we have, in, I mean, in Germany we have a law. It's by law your employee employer can't. Um, quantify how much you work that is not allowed i mean bosses do that anyway but it's it's illegal it is that is incredibly challenging for managers right a manager's job is at the end of the day to figure out how much their employees are working and if they can't do that um, if they just have productivity declining and they can't know who it was what they're supposed to do like german employee laws have incredible downsides as well um, because it's so hard to fire somebody here it's very hard to get a job right because companies are afraid that they're stuck with you um, and there's even bigger just even bigger problems in our um, like state you know the people who work in government agencies because they're basically unfireable um, so my dad uh, used to run a company that was half private and half um, you know, basically staffed with people that came from the employment agency, um, and those those the employment agency basically they couldn't fire people uh, because they were government employees, and you basically have to like literally shit on your chefs uh, or your chefs. I say you know chef in German means boss. Sorry, on your boss's desk um, to uh, to get fired. Like you literally have to be like, I mean, 
the only thing you have to do is turn up. Turn up for work. Like you don't don't have to work. You just have to turn up. If you turn up every day, they basically can't fire you. And I, like my my dad inherited like some horrible people that weren't working. He was trying to run a company on a very you know start well it wasn't a startup but you know start up a company um and uh it was like really really hard um and it was like really hard to get those people fired and i i do believe at the end of the day i'm all for employees rights right but like if you go to a job and you say i'm going to do this job and then you don't do your job uh, i think your boss should be able to fire you if you have an eight-hour workday and you spend seven hours of that drinking coffee, smoking, and talking to other employees instead of doing whatever you're supposed to do, um, I think you don't belong in that job. And so the German system has also a lot of downsides. But, you know, I generally I, pref I would prefer to the U.S. system. But, you know, the U.S. system is the U.S. system. And, and this system is why there are startups, right? Why all these tech startups are in the U.S. There's a reason they're not in Berlin. And the politicians in Berlin can fucking, you know, do backflip somersaults all day and do whatever they want to do. They're not going to get there. And this is the main reason. Now, I'm not saying we should change our employment. Well, we should probably change them a little bit. But, you know, I don't think we should get there where the U.S. is because the downside of the U.S. system is what is happening at Twitter right now. And this is something that asked somebody who worked for a U.S. startup. I know enough people who worked for a U.S. startup. These these stories that are in this description of what is happening at Twitter is happening in Silicon has been happening in Silicon Valley for 20 years. And you know, Twitter itself was never now you find all these thoughts, oh Twitter was the nicest place I worked at at and then Elon turned up and that was horrible. That is complete bullshit. You know, I was back in Linux Outlaws days when, you know, back in the day I was on Jaiku and then I moved to Twitter and I was like like microblogging as we used to call it back then. I was always a fan. So I talked about this a lot. And I I did talk like we we had stories about Twitter being a horrible workplace. Um, same thing is like I this morning, uh, <laughs> I was in my bouldering gym, and uh, I I I um, I fucking uh, I went bouldering and uh, I I I bouldered so much that I couldn't move my arms, and I had to ride ho home on the on the on the bicycle for about four minutes. That's about my weight. That's how far I'm from the bouldering gym, and. Um, I couldn't do it. So I had to just sit there. I, you know, I got myself, I bought some coffee. They have like a, you know, a cafe area. Um, and they, uh, you know, I just hang out there. Um, actually, before I, before I explain this, Mode 7 with a good point here in Twitch that video game companies are a great example of terrible employment laws allowing shitty work conditions. Yes. And I don't think, see, I personally think it's not only video game companies. I think... In the video game industry, this is more publicized. I think a lot of programming companies are like this. And not only in the US. You know, I know people worked at UK um, programming companies who've told me stories about like their employment conditions where we're like, what the fuck? Why are you even um, but anyway, so I'm at this bouldering gym and I'm just hanging out because I can't fucking need to my arms to recover a bit so I can I can I can ride home, right? And um that 
like there's this guy talking to a girl who just came in and you know they know each other and she's like are you at twitter and then he keeps talking about twitter and then he talks about like how elon broke all these systems and how like all these things and features and how twitter is now shit and everybody's leaving it right and i talk about mastodon by the way i'm gonna do this episode on why the fediverse is not an answer very soon because everybody keeps talking about mastodon and i actually signed up to a mastodon server again but mastodon is not the solution but that's really for another another story um yeah um uh astro c says yeah mentions blizzard yeah the video game industry yeah but uh, you know i think that's a silicon valley problem you know blizzard is in silicon valley this is well not really then la i think right um but like in this culture um, this is a culture who glorifies just working long hours and shit like that. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> California was a mistake. Says Astro. I think yes. I I think I I agree. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. So so there's this guy just bordering talking to this girl, and I can tell that like that guy was on Twitter for about three years. He's like Twitter's broke. Now you can't use it. I'm thinking, dude. You know, I, I, for my bubble, I signed up to Twitter in, I think, May of 2008. And I, that's like, what, 14 years ago? And I think that was incredibly late, like, for my bubble. That was because I resisted going to Twitter because I loved Jaiku so much. And Google had to kill Jaiku for me to move over. Um, but, like, I mean, can you, have you been on Twitter, like, this kind of, like, 12, 13, 14 years? Do you remember how shit Twitter... Do you remember the fail whale? I, I'm pretty sure I didn't want to talk to this guy. I was like, I'm good. My, my brain's gone explode. I was just listening. Um, I didn't really want to talk to him, but I would have maybe should have asked him, like, do you know what the fail whale is? Can you remember? Twitter was like notoriously unstable and we're talking at a time when nobody fucking used Twitter. This was, this was the time that a lot of nerds kind of you know like mastodon now because they're like it's like the golden age of twitter when nobody was fucking using twitter like even the video game guys weren't on twitter this is we're talking like open source and like a few podcasters you know people listen to twit back in the day like the and then like the lawsuit between twit and twitter and all this shit um and and twitter was horrible and they back in the day like the infrastructure was shit and people worked on it were saying it was shit and everybody was saying like the jaiku people and then you know some of the jaiku people went to twitter and then i still talked to them afterwards and they were like this is horrible this infrastructure is completely bullshit and they, they don't know what they're doing and you know Twitter has been a disaster of a company pretty much from the beginning. I mean, I like the, I fucking love the platform. I like this format. I mean, I liked Jaiko more back in the day, but you know, um, and then at some point Identica or whatever, but uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, we'll talk about that in the Fediverse episode. Um, but I like the, the product. I like the idea, but the company's been shit. The infrastructure's been shit. The people running that thing been shit. Like, um, a friend of mine um, wrote an article. I don't know if I want to if I want to say who it is uh, because uh, he might get annoyed. But a friend of mine wrote an article um, mentioning because I mean I understand why because this has been all over the press. Also, this Twitter being broken and and shit now is all over the press, which is why this guy got he got that from the mainstream media somewhere um, without knowing what's actually going on. 
Um, and like you know, this friend wrote that like Elon Elon's something about Elon's unstable management, and I I just said to him, you know, dude, I mean, I can remember Jack. Do you remember at Jack on Twitter? You know, the guy who used to be CEO, who fucking like grew that beard and lived basically in a cabin in the woods. And there were like all these weird stories about how like he just turn up to to like an all hands meeting and had no fucking idea or whatever like i don't know if these stories are true right it's kind of like the elon stories now and it's kind of like internal i don't know but like there were like all these stories about like they're having no focus and the things you can corroborate is that twitter for the longest time didn't make any money which makes the next point so funny that everybody's like oh my god twitter's going bankrupt now they're not making any money twitter has for the for the almost the entirety of its existence not made any money. And these fucking assholes in Silicon Valley, including these fucking journalists writing about this shit now, on The Verge and, you know, from Vox and all these these fucking assholes, right? They didn't fucking care. Like, they were just, ah, oh, Twitter doesn't make any money and, you know, they, they can't get advertising working. They have no business model. They used to be like the inside joke for years. And everybody's like, ah, but yeah, Silicon Valley, you don't need a business model. Right? And now Elon comes in and says, hey, look, we have no business model. We need to fucking sort something out, which I don't like the guy and I don't think the way he's doing it is right, but, like, that is a good idea. Somebody much much smarter than him is probably advising and probably told him that. Um, I mean, that's a good idea, but like to to just go, oh my god, Twitter's using, losing advertisers now. They're gonna they, they're gonna make uh, they're gonna go into the red. Twitter's been into the red for a decade. Nobody fucking cared, and now everybody's like, it's, it's so it's it's so blatantly just like piling on. It's like the fucking Trump thing. Well, like for years, the German journalists, they were just piling onto Trump. Yes, of course, Trump is an idiot and was making dumb things. But you're just like, you're just like, I don't know. At this point, it's just, just ridiculous. Right? Especially when you're now complaining about things that are just like par for the course a year ago at any other company and at Twitter. Like you're not compl literally complaining about things that you didn't care about and about a guy who you thought was a genius and now he isn't because every, because the current thing TM is that Elon Musk is an asshole, right? So he she must be he must be broke breaking Twitter. He must be an ass. He is breaking Twitter, yes. But like, I don't know. I I I'm gonna lean myself out of the window here. But I I firmly believe that whatever like he could fire the complete engineering staff, and for the next probably two three years. Even if they don't touch a line of code with Twitter for like three years now, I think in three years it's still going to be better off than Twitter was like in 2009 when Leo Laporte said everybody should join Twitter and then like, I don't know, 10,000 people joined Twitter and that thing just completely died. Like, and for years you had like, oh, uh, you know, the World Cup was on Twitter's dead. Something happens in what Twitter's dead. I mean, and now they're like, oh, we built all this amazing infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, you get your fucking... And, and the way they got that working, by the way, it's not like all these websites are writing about now, you know, go to private citizen or press. There's much more detail I'm not going to go into in all of this. How they are like all amazing and the engineers and people will notice that all the amazing engineers, are, they fucking just cut all the features they had in the beginning. 
Like, you know, Twitter used to have, your timeline used to be the fucking f fire hose, right? So I'm subscribed to about 5,000 people uh, on, on Twitter, which back in the day we, we used to call pulling a scoble. <laughs> if anybody remembers the scobleizer, uh, Robert Scoble, um, you know, he was famous for just following everybody and who actually, I think at some point broke Twitter because he followed too many people and his feed was too busy, right? That's, you used to have that back in the day, right? That was what Jaiku was all. Also, you just had the fire hose. It wasn't the fire hose. It was just your, um, your, your feed and Twitter couldn't handle that anymore. Which is why they went to all this algorithm shit. Not because of smart AI. No, when they got enough users, they couldn't handle show to show you uh, to display all the messages. Right? It was too much. Um, they cut the whole infrastructure. They cut all. They cut a lot of stuff down in 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 many respects. But like the biggest the biggest part is like the the algorithmically uh, changing your um, your timeline and and doing all this shit um, because they couldn't handle it. You know, the reason you can't edit tweets, I mean, you kind of can now in the old Twitter blue, you could, I think. Um, but the reason you could do that is because they couldn't technically pull it off. As far as I can understand, I don't know. You know, I'm not an engineer, but like, I think back in the day, they would just, you'd write a tweet and then it'd get duplicated on all the fucking whatever, um, you know, Fed, not like the Fediverse, but like the Fed, their, their load balanced federated server infrastructure, and then the only thing you could do it could was like delete it. But like if you if you had the ability to edit it at any time, that back in the day, I think, I mean that's that's what people, you know, that was that was what people was writing about back in the day. It was just too much like um, impact on the infrastructure. <laughs> So it's not like Twitter's been this amazing thing that's always worked well and always made a lot of money and, and always like worked well with advertisers. No, Twitter's been technically had has a long history of having technical problems, has a long history of cutting features because they couldn't roll them out properly, has the history of pulling back features because they fucked up when they rolled them out, um, has a history of just playing with things, like how the pictures uploaded, displayed how videos, you know, length of tweets, just fucking annoying their users with things. Um, so everything that Elon's just doing in these two weeks, Elon's just like making all these mistakes that Jack made over 10 years in two weeks because he's also, he's an idiot. Uh, but it's not like that. It's like so new. Um, Mozart says, thank you for pointing out that Twitter hasn't been making money all along. Yeah, it's so amazing that people, like, I mean, you know, if you just listen to this podcast and you, you know what Twitter is and, and you're not that involved, of course. No, I'm not saying you should know that. But, like, the fucking world should know that because they wrote articles about this back in the day. It was, Twitter was the in-joke. Like, it was always, there were, every few months I can remember, there were articles. This is the, this is the upside of doing this sh shit for a long time uh, and having at least a, a little bit of a brain left. Um, you remember these things, right? There were all these articles how, like, Twitter is, like, not making any money, has no chance of making money, just, just living off, like, money they raised, like and I remember like with this um with this Elon Musk thing, like Sequoia Capital gets mentioned a lot, and they've been in there from the very beginning. 
Right, they've been just they were you remember remember member remember this remember all the funding rounds there were all these news about like oh another Twitter funding round they raised like some obscene amount of money like millions of dollars and they're just gonna swan, squander this again because they have no way of making money and like the ads doesn't cover it because also like they had to make like basically one of the reasons they made the algorithmic changes was like to get the ads in there right. Because the, the Twitter timeline, as Twitter was back in the day, was really not um, uh, very conducive to ads. Especially if you followed a lot of people like me, you just like the ads were just getting drowned from every, you know, from from everybody else, and they're not like interesting, so you don't even like look at them. And and they had to change this whole way of like how they show the ads, and you know that they're just not always there now. But like that's just the way how the the client loads now remember back in the day twitter actually used to have a, an api that you could you could just build you know how random like twitter for the longest time didn't have a fucking mobile client they just had the website on the on mobile and it was shit so there were all these apps there were all these twitter apps and then twitter came out with their own client which has always been shit it's been it's been shit since it's launched it's getting it's gotten shitter you know, Elon's right. The app's just the, the Twitter app is fucking atrocious, and I don't care if it's a remote procedure call. It's a fucking atrocious app, and it always has been. And the amazing thing was, I remember I, it, this was like on this was on Linux Outlaws when the news came out that they were going to cut off all the that they, they first wanted to cut off all third-party Twitter apps, and people fucking revolted because they were like, I can't use the normal app. Like, it doesn't even load my timeline properly. And the Twitter app, like, to this day, if you fucking use it, um, you scroll through the timeline and you get your tweets and you load and then, you know, uh, you can, you can like, pull down and it loads more tweets. And then it does this thing where if you, if you, so you scroll through the timeline, you see a tweet that you find interesting, but that's how the human brain works. Right? You read, you read, you read, you scroll past it, and then your brain goes, hey, that was interesting. And you try to pull it back. And the moment you scroll the feed back up, so you don't even lo load, you're not, you don't want to load new tweets, right? You just want to go in your timeline, like, I don't know, five tweets back. So something scrolled off your screen. The moment you scroll back, it loads the whole fucking timeline new, and you can never find that tweet again. Especially, like, Back in the day, it used to be a problem that it loaded so many tweets that you had to scroll a long way back. But now it's like fucking algorithmically and half of the time it just doesn't show you that tweet anymore because it's like when you scroll down, it rebuilds your whole feed with some fucking other cr criteria whatever. So a lot of the time that tweet just isn't there anymore. You're just like, who built this shit? And now they're going like, oh, Twitter was amazing. Elon Musk broke it. No, Twitter was never amazing. Twitter is, um, I don't know who said it. I, I think it was said on Twitter uh, this week in tech. Um, and Leo Laporte's been reporting, uh, repeating this ever since. But it's very true. Twitter is the nervous system of the internet. Twitter is so important by a fluke of just like that small... Um, like character message size, which originally came from text messages, blah, 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 blah. Twitter is so important and so successful because it, it fills a niche in the, um, like between 
emails, which are between private people, and, and blogs, which are long form, of just a way of informing all of the internet or the people want to know publicly of something. That is what Twitter does. It's the nervous system of the internet. And that is why it is successful. And that is why it has a ton of users. And Mastodon can never fill that, which I'm going to explain in an upcoming episode. But because Twitter is by, I mean, I can just spoiler that episode by the virtue of the fact that Twitter is one service that everybody can find. And it's by the very fact that it's centralized. It's like the central nervous system of the internet. If you decentralize it, it doesn't work anymore. No matter how much many people want that. And I learned that with StatusNet and Identica. It just didn't work. Um, but no matter if you like it or not, Twitter is important. This is why the, it's very important source for the media and any journalist who says I'm going to go off Twitter, I don't believe them because as long as the people are on Twitter, as long as important news are on Twitter, um, they will stay on Twitter. And I, this all, I'm, I'm not even going to, going to go in the show notes. I'm just going to like riff this now, uh, you know, free freestyle this whole episode. Um, and it's going to be a massive rant, but like I fucking this whole reporting is atrocious. These people are not thinking. Like there's literally people they're complaining in these stories about how it's horrible that all the advertisers are leaving Twitter. What kind of a perspective is that? Right? I mean, I can understand. Well, Twitter's going to go bankrupt, so Twitter's going to go away. Right? Users need Twitter. Users want Twitter. I like Twitter, so. I'm going to report. I just had a, a beard hair stuck in my microphone pop shield. Sorry, I got distracted by that. I might as well take a drink now to relax a, bit, a little bit. Um, I mean, I can understand the users want Twitter. I want Twitter. So I'm kind of. Um, um, so it's kind of bad news. Um, if Twitter has no advertisers, then we'll go bankrupt, right? But from a user point of view, advertisers not being off t- on Twitter is a good thing. Who fucking wants ads? Nobody wants ads. The only people who want ads are companies and, and you know that, that have to spend ad budget to get tax cuts and advertising companies. Nobody else likes ads. There is a point to make, maybe, if ads were actually relevant. And that's something that's been the promise of AI and smart algorithms and all this fucking technology from Silicon Valley is we're going to have um, at least, we're going to show you ads and everything, but at least they're going to be relevant to you. And one of my biggest pet peeves in... in, in uh, in technology is that no matter how much data I give these fucking people, they can't figure this shit out. Right? To this very day, I've I've had one Amazon account ever since I've been on Amazon. Right? And I've bought a shitload of shit on Amazon. To this day, Amazon keeps recommending me shit that I've already bought on Amazon. And we're not talking tissues or I don't know, condoms or whatever. Like things you would buy multiple times. I'm talking like some Bruce Springsteen album that I bought in 2005 or whatever. I don't need a second one. 
And if Amazon was smart, they would have realized that I haven't bought a CD in many, many years because I'm just fucking using Spotify. But they, like the algorithms aren't smart. And Amazon is like a fucking is Albert Einstein compared to Twitter. Twitter has it's almost comical who how like I am on Twitter since 2008. You know, I follow 5000 people. I have I'm going to look this up now. Okay, let's do this live on the show. Go to Twitter. Twitter. Twitter.com. Slash fabs. Fabs. Let's go to my profile. Been on Twitter since May 2008. Oh, it doesn't say how many tweets I've written. Is that because I've minimized this thing? Didn't it? It used to... Oh, up there. I wrote 131,500 tweets. 131,500 tweets. Twitter knows fucking everything. Like, if they were smart, they would know every. Them, they probably they would know more about me than Google. I mean, me specifically because I live my life on the internet and on Twitter. They, they would fucking know. They know everything. Like, if they just analyze their fucking data, they can't serve me a relevant ad to save themselves. I don't think I've ever got one relevant... Like, I get... <laughs> back in the... I would tweet about Linux all the time, and I literally get ads from Microsoft. I get, like, ads for female hygiene products. I get ads for jobs in India. Um, I mean, I get... It's, it's, it's comical. I regularly get ads for things I I, I hate. <laughs> you know, not even ads that I don't care about. It's stuff I fucking hate. Like cargo bicycles. <laughs> like stuff that I hate with a passion. <laughs> it's that I've tweeted about that I hate. It's like, and I'm not the only one. This isn't just me. Like there's, there's it's well documented. The Twitter can't do this. I mean, Facebook famously ate Twitter's lunch. There was a, there were all these. There was a head-to-head at some point. There have always been a head-to-head of users, right? Which Facebook won, clearly. Um, but there were all, always also was a head-to-head about who's going to be profitable first and who's going to make more money, who's going to be better at advertising. And Facebook just ran away. Facebook just took the ad, like the the Facebook completely is dominating what used to be like classified ads in newspapers and magazines like that business like you know a lot of the other advertising business went to google specifically that business and like the 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 shitty cheap shit like wish.com bullshit that used to be like in newspapers and on website that's all gone to facebook twitter didn't get any of that and twitter they were head to head at some point like you know with users and 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 with ads like people forget this shit. Um, like they they were comparable those companies, and no matter what you what you say about either company, Facebook got massively successful. Like what's the, like uh, what, what's like the ten biggest companies? I think uh, like in in like in in market cap, um, isn't Facebook in there? Is this market cap? This is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Except all cookies, I don't care. So, uh, Investopedia. Do we do we believe this? So Amazon's on three, Apple's on five, 
No, I think we want market cap. Market cap. Uh, business Insider. So they're, they're, they've got it. Okay. Biggest companies, market cap. Apple, uh, Saudi Oil, Microsoft, Alphabet, which is Google, um, Amazon, Tesla, Berkshire Hathaway, United Health Group, and Meta, right? So Johnson & Johnson. So Facebook is in the 10 biggest companies in the world by market cap. I don't know where Twitter is, but <laughs> Twitter is... So it's not even on that list. Twitter's over the horizon. Twitter is like on Uranus. <laughs> on Uranus, yeah. Um, it's not even a comparison. And these companies, they used to be comparable. Like, Facebook fucking ate their lunch. So a few advertisers leaving Twitter, like, who cares? The users don't care. Like, there are literally users on Twitter right now laughing at Elon because he's losing ads. What you want more ads than you say? Like what, what? What kind of masochist are you? Like what? What? They're probably using ad blockers anyway. But like you, you're like what? That's just that's just because you want to dump on Elon. Not be like all. And these articles are this, the same way. It's like it's completely, um, it's idiotic. As um, Lucy says, the reports are already in the advertisers' pockets and also their warm term. I don't think they are, to be honest, because I've I've worked in these, you know, I, I, not in Silicon Valley, but you know, I've, I've worked in the tech press. I don't think they are. I think they're actually independent. They're just dumb. They're just buying the same. They're just buying this bullshit. They're you know they're buying this this they're buying their own. They're drinking their own Kool-Aid. You know, and, and it, just, it doesn't matter. Like, so a company that for like 90% or 80% of its existence didn't make any money and just lived off raising money from venture capital firms, from rich people who have too much money, then made a little bit of money, now get a new CEO, and now they're not, like, worst case, they're not making any money anymore. By the way, in a fucking, in the worst economic crisis of the last hundred years, um, at least, you know, so that's that's a factor. Um, who cares? Who cares? They seem to have survived the decade without making any money. I mean, they can't, they can't be losing more money than like 10 years ago when they lost like all of their money and they didn't make any money, right? I mean, even if Elon gets like a half a million people subscribing at, I don't know, was it $9 a month? That's probably still more than Twitter made five years ago. Uh, maybe not five years ago, but like, you know, when I joined it, certainly, you know, they, I mean, this, this is ridiculous. Are these people even reading their own? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't understand these people. But anyway, you know, unsurprisingly, this whole thing uh, uh, completely fell apart. You know, there were massive layoffs. Um, <laughs> there's like amazing uh, chaos that gets described here. As today began on Twitter, some day last week, um, there were essentially two groups at the company. One employee told me, those working on projects that must 
had been deeply involved in, such as the revamped Twitter Blue subscription and everyone else. The couple of teams that are on his pet projects are doing 20-hour days. I shouldn't laugh at that. That's horrible. But, you know, it's the normal work day in the video game industry when you, you know, <laughs> when you're trying to launch a game. Uh, one employee told me, um, but the majority of the company is just kind of just sitting around. No chain of command, no priorities, no organization chart, and in many cases, no idea who your manager or team is. Sounds like any tech startup. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, the health team was told to listen to Musk's advisor David Sachs' podcast. I like this. It's a podcast, man. Uh, <laughs> wait, do I have the do I have the Adam Curry here somewhere? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it's it's a great time to be a podcaster. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Uh, yeah, to listen to David Sachs' podcast for insights into why they had just lost half of their colleagues. I should laugh at this, but it's just funny. According to a former employee, Sachs, a venture capitalist who has been helping manage the must transition, co-hosts the All In podcast with fellow t Twitter advisor Jason Calacanis, also famous Silicon Valley asshole, and VC Shamta Palihapitiya. Palihapitiya? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not good. I'm, I'm presuming that is an Indian. Uh, this name or, originates from India. I'm, I'm. I'm actually sorry about that. I'm. I'm horrible with with those kind of names. Uh, quote: The most recent podcast covers the current layoffs happening across tech and provides some insight into why this is happening and necessary vice president told employees i think it is worth listening to in order to understand the macro environment we are operating in. so listen to this fucking podcast that's the new future future of work for you <laughs> um of course then uh, musk uh launched this twitter blue thing which you know I've, i've talked largely about this in the last episode um he also discussed a paywall um that twitter might be completely behind a paywall um I don't know if that's going to work. Um, yeah, we'll see. Well, and that's like a paywall where you like you can you can load you can tweet so much a month and load the feed so much, and but you get over that you have to pay. You kind of like newspapers do these days. Um, but um, uh, yeah, the, the Twitter blue thing. I mean, I I've talked about how like the that's also a thing. Like like the these journalists go on about how like the, that verification system they make it sound like it was fine, which it wasn't. You know, I went into that last episode. It was less like, um, kind of unpredictable who they verified. Uh, it was kind of like a stamp of approval. They used to, that to take you know the stamp away from people uh, to punish them. And um, so I think the idea of revamping that was a good idea. It's just like the way they went to do it was um, idiotic. I mean, and it and it it, it was idiotic because uh, wait, I'm gonna have to look up where this where this part is with Stephen King because that kind of says it all. Um, on November the first. Um, so this is something we're going to talk about a little bit later. This was a document that um, that was prepared by Twitter employees um, to warn Musk of like impeding problems that would probably happen with his plan of like the new checkmark. 
Um, on November the 1st, when the document was circulated internally, Musk was considering a $99 a year annual subscription for Blue. Only later, after an exchange online with writer Stephen King, did he lower the cost. Uh, the move would uh, wound up increasing the risk for scams as the desire to make fun of brands and government officials became an impulse buy at $8. Now, this whole story is about, of course, what happened when Musk made, like, as they say these days, democratized, which has nothing to do with democracy, but democratized the checkmark, so made it able for everybody to buy that checkmark. What happened was, like, some jokers who created accounts, like, for example, for Nintendo of America, where they um, renamed, so you know on Twitter, like, I'm at Fabsh, right? And uh, I use as the display name, I use my actual name. Fabian Archerche. Um, uh, and uh, and then I have an avatar. Now, you know, Nintendo is like at Nintendo and they have Nintendo of America as their display name and they have like their Nintendo logo. And so there were now some people who went and renamed themselves Nintendo of America, used the Nintendo logo, which they just downloaded off the Nintendo account, you know, off the actual account, Um and then bought the check mark, and there were apparently people then believing that this was Nintendo of America. Now, some random idiot on the internet believing that because they don't fucking check anything is no surprise to me. But journalists going like this is a problem. I don't. I don't. I literally. I don't understand that because you have an account that has the Nintendo logo uh, that uh, is called Nintendo of America, and then behind the Nintendo of America it says at random dickhead four five seven eight. That isn't hidden. That is shown everywhere. The ad name is shown everywhere. It's obvious that it's not Nintendo. I mean, yeah, if you go, if you make an account like the real Nintendo, maybe, but then if like Nintendo is, is posting like Mario is gay or whatever, or like, you know, some some account like renaming themselves Le- LeBron James and just like putting a, the picture on there and then going, oh, I, I really want to be traded. I hate my current team. And the account is like at... Uh, massive joker with massive testicles 69 like who actually falls for that shit like i understand that it's a problem like it's a brand safety problem i understand that of course it is because people are idiots like the idiots will fall will fall for this but why is this a thing where journalists whose job it is to like research things um go like yeah this is a real problem no, it's not. Like, seriously, it's not. Like, anybody who has half a brain, like, we have other problems. There are deep fakes, right? There's fucking hackers. There is uh, this state-run disinformation campaigns. Like, all the shit the Washington Post's been talking about for years that are fucking with our elections and all of this, right? And and, and we need people to to, like discover that and that's ostensibly what all these journalists are doing because they're writing about this the whole time and we're still at a level where, where somebody can't look, in, can't look at the fucking ad name and things like ad uh, stupid cunt 47 is actually uh, the Nintendo account just because it has a check mark which now means something else which was announced 
you know, I, I understand when the when there's like a fake account for Eli Lilly, which is like a pharmaceutical company, which I always crack me up. That's like, <laughs> that's the weirdest name. Um, you know, and they go like, oh yeah, uh, what was it? Um, uh, insulin is now free or whatever. And then they get retweeted like six million times because either people think it's funny or people are idiots. And when they go, yeah, okay, we don't want to be a Twitter advertiser, I can completely understand that. I can. Like, I, I do. I do understand that. Um, but, like, it, and it's funny, and it's, and if you want to dump on Elon, yeah. Um, so I, I would be all for dumping on Elon because I hate the fucking guy, but this is just, like, cheap shots. This is just, like, it's not even trying. It's like making fun of Trump after like all the jokes have been made 16 times over. It's like, oh, he has a horrible come over. <laughs> that tan is fake. <laughs> I've heard that fucking joke for the last eight years. Not, not funny anymore. Right? Jesus. Just fucking these poor, like, people this this journalist and it goes on and on then there's the contractor layoffs right where they go oh, they laid off so many contractors and it's like yeah of course they did they laid off employees of course they're gonna lay off the freelancers what do you expect right and then i mean there's funny details like unlike twitter's full-time employees who at least got a courtesy of an email informing them that layoffs were coming the night before contractors received nothing neither did their managers who discovered one by one over the weekend that people that they've been counting on to on perf to perform critical tasks have suddenly disappeared from the company's systems one of my contractors just got deactivated without notice in the middle of making critical changes to our child safety workflows I mean, that's, of course, now we have to go on about, oh, worrisome Twitter, it's just because child safety, uh, now we have to pull this child porn card like the fucking uh, government does every time they want to they wanna curtail our personal freedoms, now we have to do that as well. But, like, I read that and I go, yeah, that's funny. And then my brain goes, why the hell do they have freelancers working on, this, on these critical, like, Twitter manager? Okay, I read that. Okay, you, if I was a journalist and uh, I got that from a Twitter manager, my next question, ask the next question, would have been, all right, why exactly do you have contractors working on this critical infrastructure on contracts that can apparently just be terminated overnight? Like, and... If you're doing that, why are you not prepared for these contracts to be terminated? Riddle me that, my friend. As we say in Germany, jetzt kommst du. Uh, what the fuck? That tells you everything. That has nothing to do with Elon Musk. That that tells you how shitty that how how like I firmly believe that the that the large factor of what Musk is currently chaos he is causing. He's causing because he's an idiot and he's ruthless and he, he's just pampered and he's surrounded by 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 yes men probably and um he can do whatever he fucking wants and people like that are dangerous and they will do that. But the reason that he can do that just shows that there's like no 
like safeguards against this kind of stuff that the infrastructure at twitter is shit their their management is shit all this bullshit like in this in these stories they talk about like this um this this i think guy who um they're talking about like the 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 problem with with the brand safety and the advertisers pulling out for understandable reasons and and then they go on about like the uh the de facto marketing head of twitter and then they're saying something you're like what do you mean de facto marketing don't they have like a ce like whatever a chief marketing officer probably cmo i have no idea is that the cmo i've got no idea like why don't they have a title why is there a de facto that tells me that even before elon musk this fucking company was in shambles which is not a surprise because it was run by ad jack if you want derailed tweets okay you can look at ad elon musk but you can also look at ad jack <sighs> Um, Astral C says because no one care cares about verified uh, as there are more real people that aren't verified and are big enough on other platforms and are known by name like yourself you are a public figure sort of but not verified yeah kind of not really though <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not known um, yeah I, I do think generally I mean we don't we, we're power users right we're the guys who don't who don't think random joker 69 is Nintendo of America right um, so we we know like we're not that dumb and we don't care about the check mark but I think normal users really do like they really do and Twitter really trained them wrongly what this check mark means which is like they're verified to be a certain like and yes that is true if you had a check mark but because so many people didn't have a check mark, it really doesn't mean anything because they handed it out so randomly, right? And uh, and then you know, and and a lot of people, I think, uh, I think that's more like people like me. I mean, I'm. If you look at my Twitter feed, it's clear that it's me, right? And that's for, that's also a weird thing about Twitter because there's a lot of people that aren't verified, who who obviously tweet themselves. And then there's a lot of people who are verified, like who have a team tweeting for them. If the check mark means this account has been verified that it's a person, right? Wouldn't that mean that Ed Springsteen is fucking Bruce Springsteen taking his phone and tweeting? Which it isn't. I don't, you know, Bruce, you, you gotta, you know, guy's 73 and looks amazing, by the way, for 73. And he's doing fucking albums. He, he had an, he released an album this week. Uh, full of covers, which is something different for Bruce, but it's a it's a good album. It's fucking blues. Uh, listen to it. Um, it's called Only the Strong Survive. It's a very uplifting, by the way. It's a good good album for the current times. Anyway, so I, I'm not blaming Bruce for not tweeting under Ed Springsteen, but like, the, doesn't the check mark kind of mean that? And one one I like people who just tweet themselves, and it would be a little bit of a troublemaker, which is kind of why I like Trump tweeting because it was fucking him. Nobody else would 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 invent Kofifi, right? I I respect those fucking guys. And those are the accounts I care about. I don't fucking care about Eli Lilly's account. They can tweet whatever they want. I don't give a shit. They're a pharma company. They're basically the devil incarnate. <laughs> like who like what? It's just these yeah, I think I I think I'm getting US Rusty. I think you're right. What what you're saying is like that these um what they're writing about in the press is like so disconnected from how actually actual users use this which is actually we have some feedback 
later in the feedback section um, where a producer wrote in about the previous episode with some interesting things, thoughts about Twitter and what it means and whatever. Um, I have to say one hilarious thing also about these layouts, which is uh, layoffs, which is, I mean, you know, I, I feel with people getting laid off. I've been laid off myself and it's a horrible feeling. It's much better if you <laughs> quit yourself. Pro tip, if you have a chance, quit. <laughs> Even if you see it coming, the act of walking into your boss's uh, office and quitting is extremely satisfying. Like no matter what like negative consequences it might have for you, which there are probably some, it is it is very 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 satisfying. <laughs> um, so if you can do that, but like there's there's like a so I I shouldn't I really should make fun of people getting laid off. I do feel with these people. I'm making fun of like the journalists writing about this, and of course in this case, um, let me not get his name wrong, Casey Newton. Uh, where was this thing about uh, the layoffs? Um, so there was, um, so this is about, um, you know, we, we talked about them, um, getting laid off and this was like, uh, Elon hadn't even like wrote an email to the company. Right. And, um, then we have, um, the following thing happening where, where he actually starts doing that. Um, so, uh, we have oh yeah so the dramatic unwinding of the company's senior ranks began overnight okay this is again like two, a week or two ago in the hours after twitter's new owner made his first official communication to the entire company the email came at 11:39 p.m. pt which i guess is pacific time a long a long after most employees around the world had gone to bed <laughs> elon obviously keeps my kind of schedule <laughs> I kind of like. Uh, sorry that it's a night walk. Sorry that this is my first email to the whole company. Musk began, but there is no way to sugar, 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 sugar the message. The message that Twitter's future is quote dire. Musk wrote an effect of worsening economy. Of worsening economy and the company's dependence on brand advertising. Without significant subscription revenue, there's a good chance Twitter will not survive the upcoming economic downturn. We need roughly half of our revenue to be to be subscription. Which is, you know, that's kind of like, you know, that's the same um, problem that journalism's journalism has been facing so these journalists should know about that. Uh, Musk linked to the spaces he had held with spaces is like a like a hangout on Twitter, if people still remember what hangouts are. Google, Google Plus, that's a blast from the past. I, I bet that guy, my gold ring, gold ring, bold ring, Jim, I can't talk anymore, has no idea what Google Plus is. Um, Musk linked to spaces he had held with Roth and Wheeler and ended with a bombshell. Every remaining Twitter employee was expected to return to their offices to work beginning Thursday. And to, and then there's this multiple paragraphs of how this is illegal and they can't do this because they've promised people from working from home and Twitter always said working from home. But like the bombshell is that the CEO says, guys, I want you to turn up at work. And I'm sorry, but like I'm a tech journalist and I like writing about tech and I like writing about new things. But I think you can only do that properly if you have a grounding in reality. And for that, you have to listen to people at your bouldering gym, which is not reality. Or maybe at your supermarket checkout queue. 
right? Talk to normal people. You have to do that. The Silicon Valley people, journalists don't do that because they're just surrounded by the, the whole hipster fucking bubble they all live in. Um, and they don't know the realities of normal people having actual jobs. And these are all very well-paid people, these developers, compared to, you know, a guy working at McDonald's. They make a mint. They make a lot of money. They have nice flats, have nice houses, even if they don't probably think so generally. But, you know, they're just like me. I, I don't make much money, I think. But I'm better off than probably 80% of the population in Germany, maybe 70. Um, you know, I, I, I know that I'm well off compared to people who work menial jobs, right? People who who who, who put my get my bins, put my ru rubbish away, right? People clean the streets, people fucking drive cabs. Um, and if somebody like that reads an article like that and they go like, we're talking massive layoffs, right? On a backdrop of massive layoffs of people fucking being fired. Like the, the bombshell with the other people that are still at the company is like that they have to actually turn up to work. Sorry, what? I'm I'm sorry. Like for hundreds of years, people have actually had to turn up to work. That used to be normal. I understand that we're tech now, and with the tech company, you can do that, and you can work remote. Yeah, but if if your if your company is in a fucking crisis and they laid off half of your employees, and your boss says, "Get your ass to work next week," you better get your fucking ass to work. You know, you've not fucking complain. Oh my god, now in fact I actually have to go to the office. Like these are the people that are on Twitter that always complain about how, how people are entitled and fucking uh, uh, privileged and you know how old white men like me and shit. You're the fucking and you're 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 not even entitled, you're spoiled. You're spoiled little fucking brats. I mean, I can say I, I just work from home all the time. <laughs> but I used to go to work. I used to have to go to work. I mean, I didn't like it, but I, I fucking... For over a year, I did 150 kilometers a, one way to go to work. Four days a fucking week. Later, three days. But like 150 fucking kilometers. My mother, when I was a kid... They're like 45 kilometers one way. Every single fucking day. Five days a week. Like back in the day, people actually had to go to work. And they didn't die. Right? And they could get their child. And there's like, oh, so these sob stories about like, oh, my, now, now I don't have childcare for my kid and all this. I mean, sorry, what? First of all, if you don't have childcare, that's not the problem of Twitter, of Elon Musk. That's your fucking social system being shit. Secondly... What do you mean you don't have childcare? So what you're telling me is you're actually working from home and you're also supervising the children, which means you're not working as much as me if I'm doing the same job because I don't have fucking children. I probably work twice the amount because I don't have to fucking care. You have to fucking work. Get somebody to look after your fucking kids. Having kids is a fucking privilege. It's not a right. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm just ranting now. But like, I, I don't like these people. They're like complain. This we're in a fucking recession. The we fucking tanked the economy by our stupid 
ideas of oh we have to all have to stay home and then i remember the jokes around two years ago you know fight the what was it the, uh, combat the i can't even remember i did an episode and like uh, uh what, what was it what was the wave thing i have to look this up in the show notes uh private citizen oppressed by the way um somebody's gonna say it in chat um you need you need a rant mode overlay for your stream. That would be just I would have that rant mode. Or flatten the curve. I would have that on the whole time. You could just tag the podcast with that. Flatten the fucking curve. And I was like, this is gonna ruin our economy. Oh yeah, people are so worried about the economy. People are dying. Yeah, you'll eat those fucking words because we fucking tanked the economy. And then we the oh oh let's boycott Russia. Let's let's uh, let's let's. That's a genius idea, because uh, they're getting all the energy from us. That's that's boy. We fucking Randy. Like, there's people who have in Germany right now. Germany is a very rich country that have problems paying their bills. They can't pay their power bills. The food is too expensive. They're not making enough money. And our government is like, oh, yeah, we're going to help you with our amazing social system. It's going to take half a year. Right? Our, our fucking our finance minister said, I'm going to do an episode. I, I know I keep promising this episode, but I, these are all on the docket. I will do them next year. I don't know. I'll do them. I'll do an episode about like the, the, the traffic light coalition, right? Which I really liked. And, and you know, I like the idea. And, and I, will, I will do a post-mortem on like the first year and how, how shit they are. Like the the fucking green finance minister, um, when 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 people said, well, the costs go up and like you know people who run a bakery, um, you know they this is very power intensive, but they're not making much money from selling fucking bread rolls, they'll go bankrupt. And our finance minister said live on in a talk show, the finance minister, by the way, Robert fucking brain dead Harbeck said. Well, I don't understand why they go bankrupt. I mean, they will not making any money for a few months, but that doesn't mean they go bankrupt. That's the finance minister of the Federal Republic of Germany, one of the uh, strongest economic states in Europe, probably the strongest economic state in Europe, one of the strongest ec economies in the world, not understanding bankruptcy, who thinks that you can yeah, run a company and not make any money for a few... I don't fucking know anything about money. I barely, I don't really run a company. I just work for myself. But like, I fucking know that. I know if there's money going out and there's no money coming in, then you have a fucking problem. We have these kinds of problems. We have people going bankrupt. We have people not being able to fucking pay their bills. Right? And there's people coming, oh my god, I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to go to work to do my, my coding. I mean, yes, they, do, they have hard jobs. They, do, they work a lot. These are stressful jobs. I'm not saying being a programmer is amazing. I wouldn't want to be a programmer. It's fucking atrocious. But like on the, on the grand scale of things, you're in a, living in a fucking bubble. You have to fucking poke your head out the window once in a while and, and just leave fucking San Francisco, right? And go down to, I don't know, Milwaukee or uh, Wyoming or fucking, I don't know where the fuck you have to go. Go to fucking Mexico and ask, you know, just go pop over the border and ask how the people are doing over there. Jesus. 
<laughs> rent mode over. I, I, I don't know. So Elon was like, yeah, might might go Twitter might go bankrupt. To which Robert Habeck said, I I don't understand. <laughs> they haven't been making money for years. How would they go bankrupt? This is actually a good point. Why would they suddenly go bankrupt now? I mean, there's probably it's probably a thing, right? Where like um it's probably how like venture capital works right you can start up a company and then it's completely accepted if you just don't make if you just lose all the money they give you for like 10 years but at the point where you start making money there's probably no way back right if you then go back you probably actually have to declare bankruptcy even though it doesn't make any sense right i mean sequoia capital could just keep giving you millions every year could they i mean these jet fund fucking uh private equity firms i mean just i mean couldn't musk just bankroll it isn't he the richest man in the world couldn't he just fucking bankroll twitter if he wanted to i i do like this one comment where like this this one guy going yeah it's it's this lawyer um he's laying off people and it's going to be like they don't have all the compliance officers and it's going to be GDPR problems in Europe and all this and the FTC is investigating Elon and then this guy I can't remember his name like Elon's lawyer uh, just said like he just I think he wrote might have been The Verge I don't know but he was like quoted as saying you know Elon puts rockets in space (laughs) he's not afraid of the FTC which is like neither it's not like Elon is in the rocket right he just puts his fucking car in the rocket you know it's not like that scary for him but I did I did get a kick out of this comment and it's like I don't know it's hilarious it's like for me it's like it's a it's a I have this love-hate relationship with Twitter I love the platform but then also they kind of shadow banned me and I fucking fucking hate everything they stand for like politically and they're just fucking atrocious I, I mean at least it works now for a few years you know I was kind of disappointed that was also like a propaganda move do you remember just, just stories from the war here right grandpa fab telling stories from the social media wars um, kind of Derek smart like um, do you remember when they took away the fail whale because everybody was making fun of them, right? So Twitter would go down. Something would happen. There'd be like an event. Twitter would go down. And at this point, Facebook was gaining traction. And then everybody on Facebook would just be making fun of Twitter. And just every the internet, TM, like Reddit or whatever was, everything else that was still online, would just be flooded of pictures of the fail whale, which if you don't know, I probably have to put that in the show notes. Um, so I'm going to have to, Look that up. Twitter fail. It was this like really cute picture of a whale, you know, being carried by birds, right? Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in the show notes. Private citizen the press, um, and this is rip fail whale. This is apparently in 2013. Twitter got rid of the fail whale, not because Twitter was stable at this point. Uh, but it was kind of like uh, <laughs> uh, Katerberg. Hello, uh, in, in Twitch chat says, uh, first time I've, I've seen you around, I think, uh, commenting on, I missed the fail whale. Don't we all? But like, they get rid of the fail whale as like a propaganda move, right? Because they were like, oh, Twitter is kind of like Microsoft getting rid of the blue screen of death. And now it's just like a smiley and a QR code. Still the same thing. Still kernel panning. Like Twitter would still fuck up. They would just show you like, a, I don't know, what was it? 501... 
Was that 501? Isn't that a bad gateway? Is that what happens most of the time when Twitter goes down? Um, you know, they would just do that. Which, you know, that was kind of a... That was the dumb move. The failure was cool. And, like, they got it under control if you like a while later right so twitter now is is really stable it is like they have they do have good infrastructure i believe they have they have good engineers but it's like really weird that like if you work in a job where you you can just ha- get a new ceo right and he comes in and he just fucking guts the company and just fires everyone for no reason and you disagree with him on twitter and he fires you yeah the guy's an asshole that, no questions asked but we knew that Right, we knew that ever since PayPal. There have been stories out of PayPal. Everybody who's been paying attention has known that Elon is an asshole for at least 10 years. So the real question you should ask yourself if you're a Twitter employee who got laid off or who's like disgruntled now is like, why the hell do you work at a company where, where this can happen? You should try to get hired at a company where this kind of thing just can't happen and not even depending on the employment laws like where you it's america right you just need a fucking you need a contract you just need a contract where where this can't happen and you can sue them right because it's fucking america if you had a good employment contract and elon musk just comes along and fires you because you disagreed with him on twitter you'll just start fucking take him to court like that cave diver okay that didn't really work but like you know that good example for elon musk being an asshole by the way i don't know i think i talked about this on the show before you know when the when the football team was stuck in the cave and like they were they were they were running out of air and like there was an international re- rescue to rescue them there were all these cave divers um, including some from from the from from the uk there was this guy who organized the rescue you and then elon musk as a publicity stunt went oh we just built this submarine at tesla and i'm gonna send it over and the cave that was like don't bother mate we got it under control we know what we're doing we're professionals this fucking submarine wouldn't even fit to your to the fucking cave and i think he said fucking and then elon musk uh, called the guy a pedophile because the assumption was he's a UK man who lived in Thailand. Just like, okay, he went over there, you know, sex tourism. He's a fucking pedophile. And then the guy sued him and sadly lost because, you know, Elon Musk has unlimited funds and probably the better lawyers, which was a bit sad. But but bottom line, if you just have a good employment contract, can't you just take him to court? It's like fucking America. There's people who want millions of dollars in settlement because... The, the fucking coffee in a McDonald's cup was too hot. In Germany, Germany, <laughs> German judge would just go, sorry, what? I mean, you bought a hot coffee and then you drank it and then, or you poured it into your crotch. I mean, condolences, but I mean, it's hot coffee. What, what do you want? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 sorry for your loss, but you kind of brought that on yourself. Like what the hell? <sighs> Unlimited funds and better lawyers is the answer to the best contract, especially in America. Yeah, but I don't think they have so so probably wouldn't work. Um, yeah, but I don't think they have like you know that doesn't scale though, right? If you fire five thousand people, um, you know that. I mean, do you do class action lawsuit? I mean, they could all sue him individually. Um, and the thing is, 
that is actually not true because this is America and if there's a rich guy and you actually have a good um good chance of winning they'll just settle and i mean if you go okay uh, just give me 10 million like elon's not even like 10 million is like he loses that at like baccarat probably <laughs> you know when he's like in this james bond situation with all the other super villains like jeff from amazon and bill from microsoft and they're all sitting there and bill stroking the cat you know I mean, there's like one chip in that game. It's like fucking 50 million, probably. Um, yeah, yeah, they're just going to settle and you can, yeah. Um, Mode 7 says employment laws vary from state to state to some states are right to work states, but more ap appropriately are right to fire states. But I mean, isn't California, wouldn't California have... I mean, I'm, I'm saying this now. I'm like, California is the most hippie state. They, they have all these laws against, like, you know, I've been to California. You go somewhere, it says, like, on the category, it says, like, oh, these substances may, may cause cancer. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but probably because it's Silicon Valley, they, I'm, I have no idea about this, but I would guessing they lobbied all the politicians and they're like a right to fire state. <laughs> because otherwise, you know, the video game industry wouldn't work. Anyway, I'm going to stop ranting about this now. I think I made my point. Um, I think this is a farce. Um, yes, Elon Musk is an idiot. Yes, Elon Musk is an asshole. We knew that. Um, and the public would have known that if the fucking Silicon Valley journalists did their job in the last 10 years. So no, they no don't get to go. It's all Elon's fault. Oh, how surprising. Right? No, they don't. they don't get to do that because they didn't do their fucking job and they um like basically uh uh put this guy on a pedestal for the last 10 years even though it was obvious that all these problems persisted at like tesla is a fucking shithole company Jesus Christ, there were all these stories about them just having like batteries just lying around and be blatant fire hazards. The cars are just dumbly designed. And just the tech press goes, oh, it's amazing. Elon Musk is amazing. And people keep buying the cars because they say, oh, it's so great. No, they have fucking design flaws that I'm, I'm not a fan of German cars. All right. I've never been. I like Renaults, right? I mean, I drive a VW, you know, but it's kind of just... I mean, the, the bully is a nice car, but it has, it has fucking design flaws. Anyway, but Teslas have design flaws that German car companies like fucking figured out in, in 1921. Well, maybe not that, but like in the 40s, right? Like the fucking first Tesla where this guy opens like the, the it's like raining and he opens like the boot and the, the water like, and then you figure out, hey, other car companies figured that out, which you never think about. But there's like this, the car boot is designed in a way that the water just collects on the edge and then runs down and runs along the side and runs off the car. No, on a Tesla, it just runs into your boot. And because it's watertight on the bottom, because it's so amazing, you'd actually have to get it out with the bucket because the car is designed by fucking idiots who wrote JavaScript before. I don't know. And they're like, oh, it never rains in California. So this fucking guy in North Carolina or whatever it is, is like, oh, my God, I just uh, this is what happens when, I, when it rains. And I try to put my shopping in my Tesla. 
Like, this is not new. Look at all the SpaceX fucking rockets crashing. You know, when Elon was doing his, oh, who has a bigger dick with Jeff from Amazon? And they're like, oh, my rocket's even shaped like a giant penis, says Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and then it's just crashing all over the place. Like if NASA had crashed that many rockets trying to get to the fucking moon as Elon Musk has, he was like, oh, I'm trying to land this rocket so it comes back. Oh, shit, didn't work. <laughs> You know, the only people crushed more rockets are the fucking Russians. It's like they would have never got kept their funding. I mean, ah. Uh. <laughs> so it becomes das Boot. Also, das, das Boot. Um, bing. Um, Alarm! Kein Moos ansetzen, Männer. Uh, anyway, uh, let's let's get to the feedback, where we will also talk a little bit about Twitter, because why not? And then I have to get the fuck out of here, because I've been ranting for far too long. Anyway, so in the in reference to our previous, my previous episode on Twitter, well, on Elon Musk and Twitter, um, Necro, Necros in the forum said... Um, our correspondent from Russia. We're not going to give out more details uh, because of OPSEC reasons. Um, an interesting question you ask there. What would the optimal way to go about these public forums? You know, it's kind of... I was talking about the societal importance of something like Twitter. Uh, yeah, I know it's supposed to be fora, but forums just sounds better. I agree with you on that. And how do we make them and support them as a society? You say you have no answer, and I admit I, admit I don't have one either, but I would love to have one, of course. Yet something makes me think that the real answer is looming out there somewhere. You see, back in the good old Greek city-state days, there was literally that public square where the, I have very smart producers on the show, also known as listeners, which I, I do... I do really like that. Um, uh, back in the good old Greek city-state state days, there was literally that public square where the discussion took place. Uh, but it still was, of course, more complicated than that. I can visualize someone of wealth and power ordering their slaves to break their opponent's leg so that the opponent doesn't reach the square. I mean, it was ancient Greece. There was shit like this going on. Uh, it doesn't make the speech. I can visualize someone presenting the ideas uh, the idea is so radical and and so much against the public consensus that the presenter gets cancelled. Uh, they called that ostracism back in the day. Yes, we should we should bring that word back. It's much better. Ostr to ostracize somebody. Where's that actually? Ostracize. Etymology. I don't know where that's from. Mid 17th century from Greek, ostracizane. From Ostracon, shell or potsherd, on which names were written in voting to banish unpopular citizens. Oh, oh yeah, they used to smash those pots to vote, right? Um, Ostracon, ostracizane, ostracizane, ostracize. I had some good etymology right there. Yeah, I'm a language geek. <laughs> um, I can visualize someone. Uh, yeah, well, we had that. Um, ostracism. They called that ostracism back in the day. I can visualize some ideas never allowed 
to the square circulating in private gardens and among friends until the point these ideas get a foothold in society and onto the square. Like, you know, we should normalize just fucking boys, you know, young boys, because isn't that wonderful? Um, actual historical fact. Um, what I'm trying to say here is it's not just the square facilitating the public discussion it's the whole complex mess of intertwined ways of people communicating both publicly and private don't we have the same thing now there's twitter there's tiktok there are facebook groups there's activity pub for all its federation world communities and voluntary net splits there are instagram influencers there are private blogs and rss feeds there are whatsapp group chats and telegram channels and mailing lists and discord instances and youtube channels and twitch streams and forums such as this one he was writing writing this on uh, the fab industries forum um links in the show notes private citizen in the press even newspapers and radio talk shows yes still yeah there are lots of people still listen to the radio because surprise, they're actually driving cars. Uh, and Discordia knows what else. And it all works to common end, to facilitate communication between communities, groups, people, uh, different camps, conflicting agendas. And the whole thing constantly evolves and changes. A blog gets popular with re reposts and discussion. A social network becomes obsolete. A YouTube channel gets popular and is promoted and amplified. A Mastodon instance is set up and gets promoted and popularized in particular subculture then a multiplayer game suddenly is where almost everybody is socializing this, this is so true and the in-game chat becomes an important channel for public discussion <laughs> happened with wow actually i think and then a new iphone only multi-user voice chat becomes that what was the name i can't remember it was supposed to kill all the other forms fire side or something for good not two years ago no i can't even remember what it was called i can't either but <laughs> i know what you're talking about Clubhouse. Isn't that Clubhouse? Uh, and then an eccentric billionaire purchases another social network. And then another idea-sharing hot new service takes off. The endless flow, each one important at a given point in time. Some acting as pivot points on one way or the other, not a single one really critical for the humanity for humanity to go on. And all the while, accompanied by offline one-to-one -one and one-to-many communications. It's getting less, though, I feel. And Elon Musk buying Twitter and taking it to new summits or reducing it to shambles is just another turn on this endless road, just as another plot twist in this point. That is, I mean, that is, isn't that, I mean, that's, you, you can almost not say anything um, about this anymore because it's so philosophical and so true. And now I have to look up this word because otherwise I cannot, I always get it wrong. Um, because uh, Necros says um, in in uh, brackets, looks like, uh, <laughs> now I have to look up that word again. I can never remember how, how to say that. Um, looks like I should have stopped one beer earlier, but it's Sawin. So there you are. I always, and, and, and this is a peculiar fact about me. I always want to pronounce that Sam Hain because uh, there is a in Warhammer 40k, there's an an Eldar sect called a Sam Sam Han, which I think is that's where the name comes from. Um, yeah, and I always uh, they're like uh, jet bike riding, they're like red and white uh, Eldar. They were always my favorite Eldar clan. 
a craft vault to be more specific i'm gonna have to put that in the show notes nobody knows what the fuck i'm talking about um yeah i think that's true i think uh, that 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 probably negates everything i just said this episode um but i just had to get that rant out i think in the in the grand scheme of things that's probably right and it's gonna change and you know somebody like me goes uh well it, now it's on tiktok but you can't fucking communicate in like 30 second videos but you know we used to communicate in like 150 characters and people were like you can't do that and we did like even before threats were a thing oh this reminds me by the way i i, I uh, t- talked to somebody about this very recently because everybody's talking about twitter and um i'd forgotten this and uh, this is a very interesting fact uh, uh just speaking to how how um innovative or not innovative twitter was you know that twitter um invented the hash well Twitter popularized the hashtag, right? And this occurs to me because I was talking to uh, uh, my uh, brother-in-law uh, some some time ago, and uh, he's he's a he's a chef in a hotel, and he had like some uh, some guy he was um, like a really young um, apprentice, and he told him like, okay, so you what you need to do is like we finish this, and then you need to call reception in the hotel right from the kitchen. And uh, you do that, and you go to go to that phone, and then you press the hash button. And in German, the hash is called Raute. And he was like, push the Raute button. And the guy was like, what do you mean? What button? He goes like, that button, like on the on the dial pad, down on the right, down there. And the young guy goes, oh, you mean the hashtag button. <laughs> so, um, fun fact, Twitter didn't come up with the hashtag. Twitter popularized the hashtag but the community actually invented there was i don't know i forgot who it was it was like some guy who invented the hashtag and then people ran with it and this was long before it was like built into the ui so you couldn't click on it or anything you had to use third-party tools you could kind of search for it and later on you had like i think there were browser extensions there were kind of like these browser extensions you have for like twitch chat where you have like special emojis where you could actually install that and then you could like it would actually interact you could interact with the hashtags and then very 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 late in the game twitter fought this for a long time and then at some point they just went oh all right gonna implement it now and uh yeah so that became one of the biggest uh features of the platform and something that pretty much any social media and any other website has like to the point where like categories in blogging software are now often hashtags. But like it's <laughs> you mean the Octothorpe? Is that actually you know, I'm a I should know this. I'm a I'm a I'm a typology nerd. Says Astrocy the Octothorpe. Yes, I mean the Octothorpe. Uh, let's read from Wikipedia. The symbol is known in various English speaking regions as the number sign, hash or pound sign. The symbol has historically been used for a wide range of purposes, including the designation of an ordinal number and a ligatured abbreviation for the pounds avoir du poids. No idea what that is. Having been derived from the now rare other symbol. Since 2007, widespread usage of the symbol introduced metadata tags on social media platforms. To introduce metadata tags on social media platforms led to such tags being known as hashtags. And from that, the symbol itself, sometimes called a hashtag. Yeah, in, in, in German, in German it's called uh, Doppelkreuz or Rautezeichen or Raute. 
But sometimes we also call it hash. Um, let, let me see. Hashtags. Um, does it say who came up with it? Uh, the use of the pound sign in I in IIC inspired Chris Messina to propose a similar system on Twitter to tag topics of interest on the microblogging network. He posted the first hashtag on Twitter. How do you feel about the using pound for groups as an hashtag bar camp message? Huh. That's Chris Messina. Interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, obviously, yes, uh, from ISC. I should have, that should have been obvious to me as an old uh, Linux nerd. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> Says Carter back in chat. Um, yeah. Um, oh, no, that's actually a response to Astro C. In Hebrew, its name can be translated to Little Ladder. Ah, that's where it comes from. Yeah, in parts of the US, they call it the pound sign, which is confusing. Um, yes, because the pound sign obviously is the pound sterling sign. Anyway, that's how the hashtag came about. So, uh, not something Twitter invented, but they would, were bullied into using by the community. That's how in innovative Twitter is, by the way. Anyway, I'm I'm this uh, I'm, I just keep ranting. Let's 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 stop this madness. And you can support this. Um, this project, this podcast, uh, in various ways. Um, there are various ways to become a producer. I mean, you can you can send feedback, which is very important. Oh, I, I haven't said that. Please send me feedback. Like it doesn't have to be an inter as intelligent as Necros's feedback. It can also be as as low intelligence as my rants. Uh, please let me know. Private sits not press. There are links in there. Please do that. And you, there's also lots of information you can support the show. I've been going on for way too long, so I'm not going to bore you with the details. You know, Patreon, PayPal do that i'm just gonna thank the people who made this show possible so uh thanks to and there's a guy the car just went past at like 70 kilometers per hour in a 30 zone damn i wish i could have like a little i'm, I'm turning into old man i should have like a little laser thing just go bing maybe then i get like a 10 percent um like commission from the police department i'd, I'd be rich Anyway, I'm not rich, so I thank the people who supported the show. Sir, uh, this episode, Sir Galtaran, Rodain the Insane, Steve Hose, Butterbeans, Michael Small, One-I-One-One-G, John Jonathan M. Hitai, Michael Mullen Jensen, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Dave Sandman 616, uh, Jackie Plage, IKN, Bennett Piata, Rizal, Vlad, Avis, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, Indie Game EX, Funny Mansoor, Kai Sears, David Potter. A lot of these people have been uh, with me for a long time, and I, I thank all of you. Cam, Mika, Mr. Amish, Road Forcer, Captain Eckhart, Crumple, Crunkle? Sorry. Sorry about that, Crunkle. RJ, Tracy, Rick Bragg, Ricky M, Astrosi, Barry Williams, Jonathan, Super User, D, and Florian Pigosh. And also, thanks to all my Twitch subscribers, which I can't list because Twitch isn't isn't giving them to me they don't have like an api or something um i can i can thank mode 7 is unavailable because uh, he just subscribed during the show um yeah um and uh also katanberg katja berg 
Thanks for the follow, by the way. Thanks to everybody. The people subscribing on Twitch help me as well. Like they support my other streams. Uh, currently, I'm pretty much only streaming the podcast. Um, although I'm 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 getting into uh, uh, warmer 40k dark tide this week, heavily probably. Um, yeah, but they support the show uh, as well because you know on Twitch you can subscribe and you can you know do the <clears throat> if you have Amazon Prime you can do the Bezos bucks. And you can just subscribe for free to a channel and you know, it's still to get money and it helps. Um, I also thank Bytemark at bytemark.co.uk, uh, first class UK cloud hosting company who's been supporting um, this podcast for a long time. They've sponsored, they've given me server and bandwidth for many, many, many years and I couldn't do the show without them. So thanks to Bytemark. Uh, and also thanks to Raul Cabezali who um, wrote the song Acoustic Roots, which has become the theme of this podcast, which is dear to my heart. And I'm going to play us out. I'm going to try to be back this week. I keep saying that. I keep not delivering, but um, I will try once again. I'm going to play us out with the song. Uh, this is, I don't know, some some metal. It's uh, it's uh, sounds to me a bit Metallica-inspired. Um, kind of like that. Um, it's a long song, but it's it's really nice. So this is uh, "Blood of Garuda" by the band Carvings, and um, aim to misbehave. And as we all know, a very easy way to misbehave in so- today's society is just ask the next question. Keep asking questions. Someone gives you an answer, ask the next question. Keep asking them. Just fucking ask them. Keep asking them. Aim to misbehave.